Christianese Hot Topic. Oh yeah, well today let me tell you what's going on. Welcome to Christianese. This is a hot topic extraordinaire because Jared and I are breaking the rules just because we're rule breakers. And if you know Jared and I and know just how what rebels we are as the translucent, safe, suburban white guys that we are, we are so, aren't we Jared? We're, we're rule breakers. You know, Dan, sometimes I don't even put spinach in my smoothie. That's the kind of rule breaking you can expect. Wow. Sometimes I cut my kale extra small for my smoothies. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's how I roll. Jared Burkholder, what's up? Dan, it's just uh, another week at home. Yeah. It's uh, the prospect of yet another week at home. So just a lot to be thankful for, yeah. It's great, man. It's hey, going to rain all week. So that'd be great with the kids. Oh, we Great. It takes social distancing to a whole new level when it's bad outside. Because, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I, and I hope the authorities don't hear this. I've fudged it a little bit. I've no. actually gone outside. I've breathed air. I have been within yeah. two feet of people as I walk past them. Now, I haven't spit on them, mind you, and I have not, to my knowledge, transferred any viruses. But still, I mean, I know the authorities are out there looking for that. Whatever, Satchoff, you're a droplet machine, and you know it. You're just dropletizing <laughs> droplet all over machine. greater Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. Well, Jared, you know, in our continuing conversations here, the reason we have this as a hot topic today, and again, this is not going to be the uh, the normal the normal hot topic, because usually it's just me and Jared kind of uh, shucking and jiving, if you will. Can I say that? Yeah, will the FCC shut us down for saying shucking and jiving? I mean, the Christian FCC is what I'm talking about. Maybe we can say S and Jan. S and and Jan. That's where we're at right now. Hey, we're saying the S word, S and Jan, shucking. <laughs> Mostly shucking and very little jiving. Um, we, you know, right. we, we've had so many interesting conversations between the two of us recently, and among other people that we know. Um, <clears throat> a lot of things in the news, uh, in the Christian news, if you will, that have been then been really fascinating. In that people, um, there seems to be, and maybe this is always Jared. Maybe you can qualify this for me. But there seems to be a, an extraordinary group of people right now, very publicly, or who are doing these kind of. Uh, walking away from Christianity stories, these Christian deconstructions. There's a, a fresh interest in it mm-hmm. um, because, um, I mean, this has always been true throughout the history of the church. That's why we talk about the visible and the invisible church, that um, within the visible group of people gathered, there are those who are part of the church and those who aren't. But I think because some um, Christian celebrities um, or even just celebrities have very publicly walked away from the faith, I think there is fresh interest in it in something that's always existed. Mm. Well, we, so, yeah. Um, no, no, say go ahead. No, 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 absolutely. You go ahead, please, brother. Go ahead. <laughs> the problem with not sitting across the table, I <laughs> I know, it's tough. It's tough not being <laughs> able to look in the eyes. We can't give each other the wink and nod that we normally do. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Well, um, there's a, a young lady we have on the phone, Ansley Hendrick, uh, who is part of our church back in North Carolina, who is in uh, the youth group that I got to be the youth pastor of. Um, really really good friends with Ansley and one of those really cool relationships where she was, I mean, she started in sixth grade in our youth group, but she was just a kid. Um, but Jill and I have, have gotten to watch her grow up into a young lady and such and such. Um, I'm good friends with her dad. He and I went to seminary uh, together and he's, he's been a good friend. We've kept in touch. Um, and so Ansley was someone who, who grew up in the church and, um, for several years walked away from the church and walked away from the faith. And then just recently, um, reached out to, to me just to kind of share some things that God was doing in her life. And so I think given the conversation that has been going around deconversion, I think it's really encouraging just to hear somebody who, who left the church and then came back. 
by God's grace. So we wanted to have that conversation with Angelie, and she was really kind to be willing to do that. So Angelie, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, yes. It's, this is great. I love this. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? We are so glad yeah, to I mean, have you on. I can tell you that I can actually like talk people. back to you now instead of just listening. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's somebody um, listening beside Jared's mom, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't going to help your radio and uh, film career because nobody listens to this, but we're thankful that you're here. It's um, okay. I didn't really foresee that in my future, so that's good. Okay, good. <laughs> Angelie, uh, you, I was just thinking after we talked the other day, um, I don't know if you remember that time we were over at Carrie's house and we rearranged all the furniture his house while he was gone. Um, but I was thinking of that and that picture, and you were in that, and you just <laughs> come into sixth grade, and you were so young. Now, uh, 21, a lot has happened over the years. Um, you grew up in church. Mm -hmm. uh, you grew up with, uh, still have a phenomenal dad who just loves the Lord and, and is such a godly example. And um, ended up walking away from all of that. So I want you to tell me a little bit about what it was like to grow up in the church. Um, and then to the extent that you're willing to share, what was it um, that ultimately led you away from that? So growing up in the church was, interesting because my dad he went to like seminary and he kind of became like a like fundamentalist like bible thumping would like scream from the pulpit it was like kind of terrifying honestly but um might have had nightmares about it might not have but then he kind of we like as he matured in his faith he kind of like moved into a more calm path I guess and Christianity for me when I was younger was kind of like I had all these rules that I needed to follow and as long as I did this and this and this and didn't do this and this and this I would like get into heaven and that's kind of how I interpreted it from everything that I was just like that was being thrown at me because I went to a Christian school I was going to church every Sunday all of that so I was like I just have to do good and I kind of realized really quickly as I got into high school that I was never going to be good enough like that could never be a possibility for me and that's so true now that I've like come to faith now and it's only been like a week and I realized like I can't do anything good enough like that's not possible because it's a relationship and every day we're working towards that but um yeah, I kind of just realized really quickly that I couldn't do all these right things. So I was just kind of like, I started to veer away my senior year of high school. And it was a really big issue that I didn't want to go to church and I didn't want to do all these things. And then um, I just lost my train of thought. I kind of very quickly veered away. I went to a Christian college for a semester and that's where I was just kind of like, I hate this. Like I just hated everything that had to do with Christianity. Cause mm -hmm. it was just all these things being thrown at me. Mm -hmm. And so I dropped out of college. I like came out as just like fully a lesbian. I was just like dating this girl. I moved to Raleigh for her. And I just like lived my life and did whatever I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And it was honestly 
there were a lot of bad times that I had, but also it was really fun. I was just like, I don't have any rules that I have to follow. I'm completely on my own, which is what I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. And it, it was great for a little while. And then it wouldn't be great. And I would go through all these ups and downs. And recently I just kind of was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where is my morality coming from? Like, why am I doing these things? And like, I get no satisfaction from them. Mm. And I was just kind of like, I hit a wall, I guess. Mm. And I started thinking and then I called Jared and I was like, what's going, like, what's happening? <laughs> like, why am I not fulfilled? And that was like a two week process of me just kind of thinking and evaluating and reading and studying on it. And it was like a, like a light switch just flipped in my head. And I was like, it's not about doing good. It's about like a relationship. It's like, like any relationship you have hard times and you have good times, but like, it's the most fulfilling relationship you'll ever have, you know? Mm -hmm. That's kind of my like journey, I guess. Wow. There is um, so much there. Jared, go ahead. Yeah. No, I want to zoom in kind of back um, in high school. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's challenging. I think when you grow up in the church, you're around the gospel a lot. And, um, I'm, you know, I can think back to, <laughs> you had to suffer through my first few years of ministry, which were not great. Um, I am so sorry about that, by the way, too, because we, we still <laughs> right, have to like, suffer with that at Grace. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, 10 years in, it's not much better. Um but you were around the gospel a lot. You, you heard the gospel. Um, right. Do you feel like you understood kind of what the gospel was about and just didn't believe it or rejected it intellectually or emotionally? Do you feel like uh, looking back, you, you probably didn't understand it? I and mean, as you kind of evaluate where you were in light of where you are, what do you think was going on during those years in high school? I feel like looking back, I kind of had blinders on to it. Like, I was just so, I don't know. I was just in it all the time, you know. It was just the way that things were in my life and with all my family members, with my grandparents who helped raise me and my dad who was also, like, preaching and just, like, it was all being, like, just thrown at me. And I was I just had, like, these blinders. And I was like, I don't care. Like, looking back, I'm like, I never really fully understood the gospel. I still probably don't fully understand, but I'm learning and I'm like actually open to it. But now when I think about like Christ dying for our sins, like it's overwhelming, you know? And back then I was just like, Oh yeah. Like some dude a long time ago, just he died. And then he came back to life and it was just a story, like a fairy tale, you know? But like Mm -hmm. now I'm like, that legitimately, happened like he took on all of our pain and like suffering and i feel like i just had blinders on to all that mm. when i was just rejecting everything at that point and as you think you back, like the, oh go ahead jared no i, well, I was gonna just say it was there was there one moment that that you had uh, kind of clarity in that uh, like you were talking about there wasn't fulfillment was there was there a, a moment you can look back on to say oh what, what's what's going on here or was it a was it a collection of of moments there 
I think it was a collection of a lot of different things. Like I thought that going out and like being an adult and just doing whatever I wanted and like having a job in my own apartment, I thought that that would bring me happiness and like, it did for a little while. And then I realized like I have to actually make money and go live paycheck to paycheck, which kind of sucks a little bit. <laughs> um, so that's what it's good. Like it kind of sucks. <laughs> but it's great at the same time. And so that didn't bring me real joy. And like, I was like wanting to drink. And then I like, I was drinking illegally mm-hmm. before I turned 21. And then I turned 21 and I was like, this really isn't that great. Like this doesn't bring you happiness. Like yeah. it's kind of fun. And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, Oh, I feel horrible. <laughs> and so, and like, I kind of dipped my toe in the water of like drugs just a little bit, like uh-huh. on that aspect. And that didn't bring me any joy. It actually brought me just so far down in like a hole. I've, took me a while to dig myself out of it Mm. and so that didn't bring me joy and it was like all these things collectively just I was so unhappy and empty and just broken and relationships I would try to form relationships with people and that would just end and like I would get bored or it was just like not it and so that it just nothing was bringing me joy at all I was just empty at the end of the day Looking back, would you say, like, was it an intellectual issue that kind of drove you away? Was it a curiosity for how the world lives that drove you away? Was it kind of uh, hypocrisy you saw? So Dan asked, you know, was there any one moment, I was asked, was there any one contributing factor or was it kind of a whole package? You know, as you look back, certainly there was like, there was something compelling about the world that was attractive to you. Um, Yeah. But what, what was what was hard about the church and Christianity that really turned you off and made you want to walk away from it? I think it was a lot of, I think I saw a lot of hypocrisy in the church. I was like, why can people do these things? But these things are so like bad, you know, like I always thought in my head, like sin is sin. But like, it was like, they put, um, they made some like higher than others. So I was Mm. like, that's kind of hypocritical. Mm you to call me out on things and I feel like another aspect was like I was just very immersed in it so much so that I just needed to get out like I just was looking for any way to get out possible mm-hmm. and I think another thing was like I got into a relationship with my ex-girlfriend and I was like just in love with her and just was like I can't profess to be a Christian and also have this relationship at the same time. So, mm. cause I'm not going to be hypocritical, you know, like mm. that was kind of my thought process. I was like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. If I'm mm. going to profess one thing, yeah. I'm not going to profess the other that denies one, you know? Yeah. 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 I feel like it was a, a mixture of all those aspects of my life and decisions that I was making that kind of turned me away. Right. So, I know, um, sorry, Dan, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Gosh, we got to figure out, I need to like, that's all right. Send you a telegram every time. We'll figure it out. Yeah. It's just part of Corona. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> My turn. Um, I, I, we talked a couple times over those years. Um, mm-hmm. obviously you were talking to your dad a lot. We were praying for you. I know your dad was praying for you. Uh, I know you had some conversation kind of around the choices that you were making. 
uh, just kind of walk us through internally. Were there moments where um, you felt kind of the weight of um, your sin and your guilt that that concerns you? Was it um, kind of joyful, like, man, I don't think about Jesus, I don't think about the church? Um, you know, you kind of persisted in that for several years. Yeah. What were your thoughts regarding your own, uh, regarding God, regarding your, your status before God? And just kind of talk us through what that was like. Honestly, over the last two years, I, I wouldn't even like talk to people that profess to be Christians. Like I wouldn't have them in like my inner circle of my friends. Like I didn't, if they were like going to church and like praying, I completely just was like, ugh, like I don't want that. I don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you to try to preach to me. I don't want to talk about it. Like I didn't want anything to do with religion at all. I was just kind of like, I just didn't want to talk about it. I rejected it completely. I, I didn't even think about it. Like I didn't feel like guilt. For a really long time I honestly I barely felt anything like I didn't feel any emotions for the longest time I just kind of buried them mm. and then <laughs> you can imagine when I did come to Christ it was just an overwhelming everything from the last two three years of my life just came at me at once like it was just this burden like this is everything that I'd ever done Mm-hmm. with this all at once. And so I didn't, I didn't really think about it. I didn't consider religion at all up until like probably about a month ago was when something kind of started like eating away at me. Like, why am I not happy? Why am I not fulfilled? You know, mm. so this, is, this is very recent. I'm interested as, yeah. you, as you went through that and you started having those feelings, were you able to voice that to your girlfriend at all and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this way. Or did you kind of, did you bury that? Were you afraid if you said anything like, and also did she know that you came from a, a, a Christian background? Um, did that, um, I'm just curious how that, how that played out. Um, well, I, so I dated her from the end of my senior year until uh, three days before Christmas last year. Mm-hmm. So I, when I started dating her, it was like I was kind of coming out of my religion. Like I was just like, I started rejecting it at that point. And she did know that I came from a really religious background. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what prompted me to make like very sudden decisions, like to drop out of college and to move. Um, and she, we weren't dating. I mean, I'm currently very single. I have been for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wasn't in a relationship with anyone when I kind of started having these thoughts. I see. I'm still, I still am communicating with her, um, pretty much daily, but not on an, like that kind of level. We're just friends now. Mm-hmm. And I did tell her about all this and her reactions kind of just like interesting. Like she's like, she thinks that it's interesting, but I don't think she's like very open to it. Also, she might listen to this. But yeah, no, I adore her as a person. It's just sure. 
Yeah. Oh, I was but just, yeah. He wasn't really involved in my decision to like turn, come back to Christianity. Um, let's kind of zoom in then on what was it you said like a month ago or two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so you yeah, kind of been uh-huh. living this way, not not necessarily thinking a lot about Christianity or religion in general. Um, what was kind of the catalyst or the spark that that kind of took you down the path of talking? Because when we talked two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, um, it, you were you were asking questions, but it wasn't like I want to come back to Christianity. It was more. I've made all these choices and it hasn't really the satisfaction I thought it would. Right. What's next? Um, so kind of what, what was the genesis of that? And then talk us through how getting from that point of, um, I, there must be more to, I, I think would say for the first time, believing the gospel. Kind of talk us through that. So, uh, so when it kind of started, I had like reached a point where I just didn't feel satisfied or happy. And then, it was kind of like a roller coaster of events, I guess. Um, where I met my dad for breakfast, and he told me about your podcast, actually. And I was like, "That sounds really interesting. Like, I might listen to it." <laughs> and I also started talking to my grandma and asking her a lot of questions because she's a really, like a really trusted person in my life. Mm-hmm. I talk to her pretty much every day. I try to. I love her a lot, <laughs> but. I talked to her about it, about me questioning it a little bit. And then I started listening to you guys a little bit also. And I, I was like, I need to call Jared and like get his take on things. Cause like, it's hard to talk to your close family because they just want to convince you. You know what I mean? Like they yep. just want to convince you to come back. And I didn't need that at that point. I like, I just need a little bit of clarity mm-hmm. almost. And so I talked to you and you gave me a book recommendation. I think it's called The Reason for God. Yeah. Tim Keller. Tim Keller. Yeah. 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 And I so I read that. I didn't even get like 20 pages in. And I read this one like part and it basically explains how like we're not perfect people. Like we can never be perfect people. We pursue a relationship with Christ because we're broken and in need of a savior. And I, I don't know if my blinders just came off all of a sudden, but it was like this weight was almost lifted. Mm. I guess it was a surreal moment. It was honestly just miraculous. Like whenever I tell anybody that's friends with me that this happened, they're like, you of all people, this happened to you. (laughs) I'm like, it's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) that's wild. So that was kind of my moment. And it's like, oh, it was just insane. I was just like, and as soon as that happened, it was like two in the morning and I wanted to go wake my grandma up. Like I was at their house. Uh-huh. I was like, this is so exciting. Like, and I just want to talk about it all the time to everyone. Wow. And so. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And you know what else I'm struck by as you talk about this? Cause as a parent, Jared's a parent, I'm a parent, and and you always you always want the best for your kids, but very often, you know, especially as our kids get older, my kids are all older now, 19, 17, and 15, and especially with the, the older two, you know, 
things change and you can't you can't say hey come on we're going to go sit in Sunday school we're going to do this you know when you're younger your parents kind of corral you and 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 things almost like you said you you want to expose your kids to the best things and have good input but you have you know, as you probably should, as they get older, you have less control and less ability to influence. And I, I'm struck by how uh, it seems like you had good relationships with your family, even through all this, like they maintained relationship. Is that true? When I dropped out of college and moved away, I it was all me kind of breaking those relationships yeah. because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Sure. Um, I, I didn't really talk to my dad, my grandparents, my mom, really like I didn't talk to any of them for probably a good year. Mm. I might've reached out every like three months. I barely saw them. I never went home. So that was, that was rough Mm -hmm. for me trying to figure out. I was, it was crazy because I just kind of threw myself into the adult world and then I cut off all of like the adults in my life that could help me. <laughs> like yeah. I was just like, I want to do it all by myself. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was. <laughs> I'm going to set but, fire um, to the barn, everybody. I'll see you later. <laughs> It'll be yeah, fine. What like, could go wrong? <laughs> I was like, well, it's fine. I'll just cut everyone off. So I didn't really have any type of relationship with them. And it was all me. Like they definitely tried to reach out a little bit. But I feel like they kind of reached a point where they were like, all right, Ansley needs to figure out <laughs> what's going on. But they gave you some space. Back. They gave you space, but yeah. it was never the kind of thing where they were like, there was a huge confrontation where they were calling you all the time trying to say, you know, what are you doing? How are you living your life? Right. Yeah. I feel like they kind of gave up very quickly on trying to do that because I wouldn't answer the phone. <laughs> uh-huh. like, Makes it difficult. I would call them back every Every once in a while, and be like, I'm still alive, but <laughs> like, it was like, I just didn't want any type of, I just, I felt a lot of rejection from them mm-hmm. that I placed on myself because they, now I know like they were trying really hard to make my life easier mm-hmm. by being like, Hey, this is wrong. Like, this is really going to cause you a lot of pain and suffering. And I was just like, I want the pain and suffering. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> so, but in yeah, a, I to, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say in a strange way, like be, because you went through that pain and suffering, because it had kind of become a cultural thing for you, and it hadn't really been real. Um, that pain and suffering ended up uh, kind of bringing you where you needed to be, I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm a very, I'm a big believer in like kids definitely need to fall down and scrape their knee to learn like what not to do. Mm-hmm. And like, that's been my entire life thus far. I have fallen down and scraped my knee so many times, mm. like over and over again. until so I'm like, okay, I need to stop falling. <laughs> <laughs> I got to stop doing this. <laughs> and that's like not gonna happen. parents and grandparents were like, don't fall. Like don't fall and scrape your knee. It'll hurt. And I was like, I want to so bad. <laughs> Yeah, and so like so probably like three four months ago maybe even longer I definitely started reaching out to my family and kind of reconnecting and being like hey <laughs> hey guys I'm really not doing too hot I need some help it was actually probably like six months to seven months ago because um, I 
I'm trying to think. I did cocaine for a little while. Mm-hmm. And that was probably my, my breaking point as far as like, I need to stop falling mm-hmm. and scraping my knee because that really put me in like extremely dark place. Like I was just going out and partying and like staying out all the time. I ruined some relationships with friends that I later had to go and reconcile. Mm-hmm. And like that's been over the last six months, like religion completely out of it just me personally mm-hmm. and after I kind of got over that like drug part of my life um that's when I started reaching out to my family for help um I definitely reached out to my grandma a lot and like I was like hey I'm really not doing well like I I need some help she actually got me back in with like counseling mm-hmm. and then through talking to her and figuring things out like on my aspect of life and figuring out how to stop falling and scraping my knee. That's when I kind of, it opened my eyes a little bit to like, okay, there has to be some faith, you know? And that's when I started thinking about like Christ and Christianity and that and opening my eyes to that a little bit months later. Hmm. So. Wow. I'm curious. I mean, I think we talked about this on the phone the other day, but, um, so like there's, there's the reality that, that Jesus Christ never shies away from talking about, which is, you know, John 4 and says all throughout the New Testament, what he's offering to people and himself is living water that will quench your thirst, is the bread of life, which will satisfy our deepest hunger, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the, the thing that he never shies away from saying is that coming to him costs you nothing, right? It's a free gift of grace, and yet there's a sense in which it costs you everything, because coming to him in faith isn't kind of a toe in the water kind of thing. It's not a, I'm going to see how this works and, you know, try the Jesus thing and um, we're going to go from there. It's really, I'm going to entrust the whole of my life to you. Mm -hmm. So only kind of a few weeks into this, um, I'm sure the reality of it setting in where you were looking for something in lesser things that you were made to find in God, you were made to find your righteousness and your purpose and your hope and your brilliance. Um, but also then, you know, you have to you have to kind of look at your life with a different set of eyes then and think, okay, it's not just your perspective on your sexuality now that matters. It's, it matters what God thinks, right? There's a right. whole list of, of maybe practices and habits you've had over the last few years that now God calls you away from, not an adherence to a list of rules, but because he calls you to himself and he calls you to his way of life, right? Which is, mm-hmm. is rooted in the gospel, rooted in his grace was really rooted in a belief that what God has for us in righteousness is actually better than the lie and the pursuit of sin. But none of that changes. Like, you've been living this way for, for years now. Um, so how does it feel kind of looking at your life and thinking, okay, well, like, I, I can't follow Christ. Like you said, I can't follow Christ into these things. Right. How are you processing that kind of now? Um, so it's kind of crazy also how that, played out as far as like my sexuality and everything because I started questioning that too along with everything else I was like what like (laughs) what's going on you know and I started talking to this guy and like we got kind of serious and then it got cut off very quickly um by him but that was kind of like eye-opening to me because I was like do I like do I not like girls anymore like what Mm. And since I 
and I, I don't want to say like it's a phase. I don't want to like because I've been kind of immersed in that whole that culture for a really long time, like the whole LGBT community and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really adamant about it for a while, and I don't want to like I don't want it to come across as like oh that was just a phase because mm-hmm. that's what a lot of like people in that community like they hate that. Yeah, but honestly. <laughs> I've come to Christ like that part of my life has kind of like just diminished. Like I don't have any really attraction like that to, to females anymore. It's really weird how that played out. It was like when he came into my life, it, it just, that kind of went away almost. And I just, it's just not even a part of like my life anymore. Really? Which has been very difficult to explain to my friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but... Well, what's what's fascinating about that, too, is the fact that, you know, because as I have conversations in, in my business with people who, you know, have various genders and sexual identities and all that kind of stuff. Right. And and it... um, it's it's fascinating that this for you was not anything because what I see that usually is not a good way to communicate is when you like you said you, you start classifying one sin as worse than another sin and and so if somebody comes to you and they're like well your sexual sin is the worst sin that you could possibly do and you lead with all of that rather than leading with who is Jesus and what has he done and do you believe what he did then by doing that that has that has had an impact with you not because anybody came to you and said, oh, you're, you're a lesbian, you're going to go to hell. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and Dan, we talked about that, that like the goal of Christians or the goal of, of sharing the gospel is not to change behavior or culture. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think the way Christians talk, they, they, they pick Christian culture against secular culture as if the goal is just to get people to uh, acquiesce to what we believe oh, or kind of conform their mm-hmm. behavior to that. And that's really not the goal, right? Like the goal is not for us to charge the LGBTQ plus community and convince all of them that heterosexuality is better. Right. right? Like I'm going to leave with the gospel. I want people to come to Christ. Right. right. Just recognizing that when anyone comes to Christ, um, they bring a whole litany of, of wrong beliefs and wrong and sinful patterns of behavior. Right. Absolutely. And so we're not playing a whack-a-mole with those sinful thoughts and beliefs and patterns of behavior. We want people to come to Christ and Christ transforms them from the inside out. And Andrew, to your point, that is the message of the gospel, right? It's not a list of rules that if you adhere them well enough externally, then it moves inward and changes you. Uh, The gospel is an inside out gospel. So Jesus changes you from the inside and then he calls you to bring your life and your beliefs and your habits and your thoughts and your words into conformity with the change that he has and is working in you. Right. Yeah. So it's not a, there's a hundred things you need to believe and a hundred things you cannot believe and do and all that. It really is, to Dan's point, I come to Christ and be changed from the inside out by Him, and then by God's grace, bring your, your life into conformity with the change that, that Jesus has and is working in you. And there's just so much more yeah. hope in that. And that really does reshape then, I think, the traditional way we think about even engaging people who... Um, would choose a different identity or a different path of sexuality. The goal isn't ultimately to get everybody to be binary or heterosexual. The goal is for them to come to Christ, right? right? Now, certainly there are implications, like you said, there are implications to that. Um, It means that you're willing to relinquish um, just some wrong and sinful patterns of thought that you've had or behavior. Um, But we're not leading with that, right? Like, we're not not marching on Washington to that because we understand that the power to change comes in Jesus Christ. 
Right. And I feel like that's a big thing that um, some Christians get wrong. I feel like that's another thing that kind of can turn people away is that like they approach it like you're doing all these wrong things and like God can save you. Like people in, in that community, like they don't want to be saved from that. You know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like you have to approach it in a way that's like, this is amazing. And like you make changes, like you don't make the change. Christ makes the change within you. Right. And I feel like that gets misinterpreted all the time. And you're such a great example of something like I've been listening to, I was working with somebody on a, on a show recently who's, who's non-binary and, and we were talking and this person had actually gone through seminary and a whole bunch of things. And we're going to, I think we're going to have them on the podcast at some point, but I started looking at, at different people. Like, I don't know if you know who Christopher Yuan is, but he's a, a teacher at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago who for a, a great deal of his life lived his life as a gay man. And he ended up going to prison for drugs and all kinds of things. But he has such an interesting thought about this because his, he, he's had a transformation because he found Christ. Um, but he, he talks about that God God never said be heterosexual because I'm heterosexual, nor did he say be homosexual because I'm homosexual. He said be holy for I am holy. And mm-hmm. he talks about how our identity should transcend our sexuality. And and I think that's one of the things too that is is so it's just so interesting about your story is that that Jesus your love for Jesus and, and as you kind of discovered that it has transcended any of these other things that you were seeking meaning in. Yeah. And I found my identity in being a lesbian for a really long time. Like, I feel like that was one of the things that I thought would be the hardest to let go of if I ever did, like, veer back into Christianity. And now that I've I've come kind of full circle, it, it wasn't difficult to give up once Christ like kind of takes that away from you you know what I mean like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen him working in my life even before I came to him like he kind of was opening doors and closing other ones that kind of I don't want to say forced almost forced me out of that lifestyle you know what I mean mm-hmm. and like caused me to question and it that was just not one of the difficult things, like it wasn't a difficult thing to give up that I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. We will see if it continues to not be difficult, but sure. like as of right now, it's it's not been like as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. I think but that, you recognize, like even if something is challenging, yeah, um, that doesn't mean that it's not worth fighting for, right? Like, right, um, we have all kinds of of sinful impulses and desires that sometimes are really hard. To, to counterhand. And the fact that it's really difficult to do it doesn't mean like, well, I should just give into this because clearly this is what I want. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I just encourage you, like, it probably will get tough. You know what I mean? Like, there probably will be moments um, where either you miss that community or you miss people in that community or, or you feel ostracized from them. Absolutely. Right. And just in, in other areas too, right? And I think that the call to faithfulness that like we see in Hebrews chapter 11 um, is, is followed up with the the wonderful news of Hebrews 12, which is right. It's running the race with endurance, keeping our eyes fixed on Christ. And so the motivation to endure through, um, I don't like, I think honey, honeymoon period is kind of a pejorative thing, right? But like there, there's wonder and joy in coming to Christ. There just is. Um, mm-hmm. and hopefully that joy never goes away. It just grows. But we also recognize that the reality continues to set into that. And so the motivation for, to endure, not just for 
weeks or months or a few years, motivation to endure for a lifetime is uh, the beauty of Christ, is the righteousness of Christ, is the hope of Christ. And so as we fix our eyes on Him, even when it gets really challenging to continue to follow Him faithfully, we have all the motivation we need, and not just motivation, we have the very life of Christ living in us to kind of make that possible. Um, yeah. So it, it probably will get difficult, you know, in the coming weeks and months. For um, sure. But there's hope there, right? And the hope isn't like, gosh, this sucks, but I hope heaven's worth it. Um, heaven will be worth it. <laughs> yeah. But also what yeah. we have in Jesus right now is worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah, so I'm true because there's going to be, there are, you know, life is just filled with, because we're still broken, that's one of the things, speaking of Tim Keller that I love, that he always talks about is uh, church should be a, a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints. And yeah. to know that we are all still broken, that we follow Christ, but we're still broken. We're still going to have challenges. We're still going to have battles. And one of the things I love about the church, the the big C church, is that there are people provided who can communicate. I look at this with my kids where I can tell my kids a million things, but they won't hear it from me because I'm their dad. And it reaches a point sometimes where it's like, I get it, but I don't want to hear it from you, old man. But they can go, no. like you were able to find somebody like Jared who you had relationship with, you'd known, but you trusted, or your grandma or whoever, but you know, people who are in the church who you, I think that's a, another valuable thing is to have people you can surround yourself with who you trust, who are who are going to love you where you're at. They're going to communicate gospel things to you, but they're also going to listen to you and not just talk at you. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's a really important aspect in any believer's life is to have someone who's like not just going to like bear down on you and tell you all the bad things you're doing, but will like tell you in love and also not someone that's just like praising you for everything that you're doing, yeah. but someone who will be like, Hey, like this is wrong, but you can do better, you know? Right. Right. Or I still love you. Like this is wrong, but right. I still love you. Yeah. 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 And this has been great. Thank you so much for, um, for just coming and talking. I think, um, for, for those of our listeners who, um, who are not Christian, I think there's just something compelling in what you're talking about. I think for those who are, it's encouraging to see God continue working. I think for all of us, it just reminds us that God isn't done with people. Um, he doesn't operate on our timeline, but he just constantly works doing things. And, and obviously, like I told you the other day, like this isn't the end, this is the beginning. Right? Like you have a yeah. lifetime of, of faithfulness to Christ to think about. But the beauty of that is as you grow in your faithfulness to Christ, your joy and your rest and your settledness in him continues to go as well. And so I just think there's this great promise. So thanks for coming in. And I'd like yeah, to, I'd like to consider this a continuing conversation if we could and, and, and have you back again yeah. and just and, and touch base with you because it really, it's, it's good for us. And I think it's good for everybody here on all sides, because that's one of the main reasons we wanted to start this podcast too, is to be able to have these conversations. And sometimes they're conversations that are, you know, they're, they're awkward and uneasy for some people. And I think it's really great for us in the church to be able to talk about these things and, uh, and 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 sometimes agree to disagree on things, you know, and not not feel like there has to be total agreement all the time. But uh, I, I really appreciate your your willingness to come on. I would love to have you on again. Yeah, I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed this. It's been great. Maybe next time I can actually come out to California. <laughs> after this whole pandemic. Well, we have a pretty big budget um, for travel. <laughs> <laughs> we can send you the uh, out there. 
Fantastic. Yeah, we will uh, we will get the advertisers on that right away and just see if we can get a uh, yeah. Delta Airlines ticket. Hey, thanks so much for coming on. If you guys are hearing this today and you have any questions and you'd like uh, you'd like some answers, uh, we'll do our best. I can't guarantee it. Jared will probably have many more answers than I do because he's been to seminary. Um, I just I pretend to be well, other people for a little. Well, I don't know. Email us at blessing. You know, I, also, can I um go ahead. Can I just also add, uh, if you hear this and this isn't your story, you know, you were in the church and you walked away and you've not come back. Um, we'd love to hear from you too. We don't want to be Pollyanna right. uh, about any of this. Right? Right. We recognize that um, there's there's kids that were in the same youth group as Angley who have walked continually faithfully with Christ. There's some that have, have walked away from the church and faith and have not come back. And so, uh-huh. um, yeah, we don't want to have a naive perspective on this. If, if you have a different story, we'd love to hear, hear from you and talk to you as well. Blessingfilledhost at gmail.com. Uh, shoot us a note. We'd love, love to talk to you. Absolutely. Blessingfilledhost at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to talk to any and all comers. That would be uh, fantastic. Uh, hey, you guys, thank you so much. And uh, this is Christian Ease. We will see you next time. Hot Topic.